Your ability to succeed in marriage is making God the head of your relationship. Hi everyone and welcome to Fusion Marriage Podcast with Madonna. This is where I'd like us to take the opportunity to discuss how to draw closer to your spouse by drawing closer to God, how to bring up children in the family, the God kind of way, finances, in-laws and so much more. I've been married for 13 years and counting by God's grace and I'd like to share some of my experiences and challenges and how I've learned to overcome it through prayer and the word of God. I hope you find these podcast sessions useful. Thank you. Welcome to today's episode, The Christian Marriage. Marriage is a union between a man and a woman, and this can take place in different settings and governed by different principles. A Christian marriage, however, is a union between a man and a woman who believe in God and acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour and are both governed by biblical principles. There are several characteristics of a Christian marriage, but in this episode, I'll touch on five things to look out for and nurture in our Christian marriages. With that being said, I'll start off by reading Genesis 2.18, which says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him and help meet for him. From this text, the first thing I'd like us to look out for in our marriages is our friendship and companionship. For those of you who aren't already married, I know there's sometimes love at first sight or a whirlwind of romance, but you cannot sustain your marriage on this. You sustain your marriage on prayers, the word of God and your friendship. So I highly encourage you to start developing your friendship in your relationship or your courtship. For those of us who are already married, let me tell you about Isaac and I. Shortly after we got married, we moved to Oxford because um, that's where Isaac lived and worked. But still, we went to church in South London. The journey from Oxford to London is about 1.5 to 2 hours. I'm naturally an introvert and I totally enjoy my own company and I have a handful of friends. But being married to Isaac and also being in, in church, I've had to flex my style and be more friendly and chatty. So on these faithful Sunday motorway journeys to church, Isaac calls lots of worship music in the car and I just enjoyed looking out the window, enjoying the countryside and taking it all in. Isaac will intermittently ask me a random question like how's work on Friday and this is me thinking we've been at home Friday night, how come you're asking me this now? And I genuinely felt that he was distracting me from enjoying the view. It was only when he spoke up to let me know that the silence was just killing him and he couldn't take it anymore. That was the only time that I was aware that I was being silent for almost two hours till we got to church. He made me aware it was needful to have conversation and this starts with random chit chat. So every Sunday morning I made a mental note of questions to ask. Since it was in the choir asking what song is the choir singing today or who be leading the song, who would you be visiting after church and what song would you guys be rehearsing after church. After asking the same questions over three weeks, he burst out in laughter, and I did as well. I just told him that it was difficult for me, and he asked me to be open-minded. So then he started initiating conversation, and once I became open-minded, I didn't see it as a distraction anymore, but rather I started to contribute towards the conversation, and I grew from there. And now we talk and have conversations, and that is no longer an issue for me. I'm just saying this long story to encourage you if you're struggling to kindle your friendship or your relationship in terms of having conversations or being companions, 
all you need to do is try and take baby steps and pray and you soon find yourselves being chatty and friends again. The next point I'd like to touch on is in Genesis 2.22 and it reads, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man. You can see from this text that God made Eve and brought her to Adam. He didn't make a selection of women for Adam. So in a Christian marriage, it's usually or it is a one man, one woman relationship. In this day and age, it is possible that most people would have been in past relationship before marriage. But to enable you to be a one man, one woman relationship, you need to emotionally detach. If you had a boyfriend who showered you with gifts and was very smooth, you need to detach from that if your husband is not that kind of guy. And don't bring that mindset into the marriage. Or with men, if you had a girlfriend who was very contentious or greedy, you need to detach from that and not be suspicious of every woman. When it comes to extramarital affairs, it's not biblical, so please don't get involved in it. But then if you've ever done so, just pray to God, ask him to forgive you. The blood of Jesus can wash away every sin and just don't go back and do it again. We're all human and if the thought ever occurs to you, please speak to your spouse about it and look out for the triggers and pray about it. If you can't talk to your spouse, please speak to a matured Christian or your pastor. Just reach out for help. I think that stops you from going ahead to do it. The third point to look out for can be found in Genesis 2.24, which reads, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. The concept of leaving and cleaving stems from the scripture, which is very important in our marriages. This is basically moving away from your family and starting off your life with your spouse. For Isaac and I, we're quite lucky because we're both in the UK and our families were in Ghana. So we started off our lives having our disagreements without any family intervention and we grew from there. If you don't have that luxury and you live with your in-laws or if your in-laws come to visit you, please be mindful of their presence and try not to have arguments or disagreements in front of them. You need to bear in mind that people are observing you and once that argument is over, they still have that same perception about you. But Isaac and I, when we have family over like my dad, if I um, need to discuss something with Isaac and I have the inclination that this might get heated, I just ask him, hey, can you take me out for a drive? And whilst we're in the car, we have our discussions, we have our disagreements, and then calm things down before we get back home. Another way that you can leave and cleave is also financially. Money is such a hot topic in, our, in marriages or in, in everyone's marriage. So you need to be open about your finances, about how much you earn, how much your husband or your wife earns. Um, plan how you'd like to spend your money in terms of bills, utilities, how much is going back home, how much you're spending on the kids. And for ladies, men, ladies also need to get their hair done, do their nails and buy clothes. So just be open about that, women. And just talk about how much you're going to save as well. For Isaac and I, we've got a joint account because that works for us. So it's quite open. You can log in, you can see where the money is going. You can see how much you're saving and stuff. So it makes us very liberal financially and it's not a major topic in our marriage, but do what works best for you. As much as we also need to leave and cleave, if you are in an abusive marriage, please do reach out to your pastor and then your parents on advice on how to deal with your situation. The fourth point I'd like to talk about can be found in Genesis 2.25 and it reads, And we're both naked, the man and his wife, and we're not ashamed. 
The scripture makes us aware that Adam and Eve were both naked and they were not ashamed. So it encourages us to be open in our marriages. For those of us not yet married, um, please be open before you get married. If you've had 20 boyfriends, let your husband to be known. If you've had an abortion before, let him know. If you've been divorced and you've got kids, let him know. If you're in debt, let him know. It's better to do that initially to avoid any surprises and mistrust in the future. If you're already married and you've got skeletons in this closet, I'd encourage you to pray and ask God to touch your spouse's heart so whatever you need to reveal or whatever secrets you need to tell them will land well with them. But please do seek pastoral advice before you do this. If, unfortunately, on the receiving end of a difficult message as well, please always make room in your heart to forgive. Pray to God and ask him to give you the grace to forgive because it's not easy to forgive or let go. And love covers a multitude of sins so just fall back on scriptures on love which would also help you to let go but if you're struggling to do this you may want to seek counseling or pastoral advice as well the last and final point is on sex and marriage and this can be found in first corinthians 7 verse 5 and this scripture just hits the nail on the head it says do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. There are very strong words used in the scripture which just explains what we need to do in our in our lives, um, in our sexual lives as a couple. So the first thing talks about deprive. So do not deprive your husband or do, do not deprive your wife of sex. Ladies, some of the excuses that we may come up with, oh, I'm tired, I've got a headache, please try not to do this. The Bible addresses that as deprivation. And men, if you have that issue, I doubt that any man would, but yes, try not to deprive your wife as well. And it's saying for limited time only. So try not to stay away from sex for a very long time in your marriage. You need to be sexually active regularly. And the Bible gives you the instance that would allow you to stay away from it is when you want to devote yourself to prayer that is allowed but even doing so it encourages us not to do that for a very long time and the reason for the deprivation and the time limit put on here is to avoid satan's temptation so a marriage that is not sexually active can lead to adultery and extramarital affairs i hope all these five points has been a blessing to you you think on them ponder on them and see how you can get better at these five points thank you very much for your time thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it and see you on the next fusion podcast